RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You might remember back to the start of the election campaign that the ACT Party was vehemently opposed to co-governance and they wanted to reshape the nation's constitutional framework and suggested a Treaties Principle or Treaty Principles Act to override the Treaty of Waitangi and its implications and other legislation and the way laws are interpreted in court. Just to revisit those um, points, all citizens of New Zealand have the same political rights and duties. All political authority comes from the people by democratic means, including universal suffrage, regular and free elections with a secret ballot. And New Zealand is a multi-ethnic liberal democracy where discrimination based on ethnicity is illegal. Now, since then... And uh, since that we've heard that the three parties are negotiating, it might be that some cold water has been poured on that idea of a referendum by Christopher Luxon. Nonetheless, uh, RNZ were reporting only last week that top Labour MP Willie Jackson saying Maori have told him they would go to war over Act's proposal for a referendum on the Treaty of Waitangi. He says he's been around for a while. He had considered leaving. Uh, both him and Kelvin Davis said they were now motivated to stay because of the need to fight Ag's proposal for the referendum. And um, as I say, uh, just uh, as I mentioned before, that Jackson says Mari have told him they would go to war over that proposal. Now, we wanted to know whether that was a reckless thing to say, given the responsibilities of a politician and uh, uh, up till this moment, a cabinet minister, a well-known person, uh, out there in the general population, but also in Maoridom. So we thought we'd sort of gauge that by talking to our very own Rodney Hyde, who has been a politician, leader of ACT, and he joins us. Rodney, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so you would never have said something like that. I, I no, you. I wouldn't have. And it's, I don't like the phrase fighting, battling, war. Go to war. Yeah, no, but it's Willie all over. And let's just unpack this a little. Yeah. What's being proposed is not getting rid of the treaty. I mean, the treaty is a thing. It was signed, and um, its significance, of course, is uh, debatable, but it exists. What's happened, of course, as Professor Elizabeth Rata explained so wonderfully, is that there are two treaties. There's a treaty as it was written uh, and translated into Maori, and then there's the second treaty, which is the Principles Treaty, and it's the entirely made-up treaty. Ah. So the original treaty was all about having equal citizenship, equal rights, and uh, one one government, uh, one sun in the sky, as it were, as Ewan McQueen um, quoted a Maori uh, leader saying at the time. But since the 1980s, it's been slipped in that there are things called treaty principles. Now, the treaty never mentions principles. Um, things have become principled, and then the principles have been invented, both by the courts and by politicians. And then, of course, out of the principles became partnership, and then out of partnership became co-governance. None of this has anything to do with the treaty as originally written, as originally translated into Maori and as originally signed, it's an entire artifact of the 1980s. And, of course, Willie Jackson's been a big part of that. And what it's done is it's reversed the meaning of the treaty. The treaty was that we were all equal before the law. Co-governance and the principles of the treaty makes Maori special. <laughs> so what ACT is proposing is that we actually have a referendum 
and establish through referendum what the principles are and are they the principles as originally laid down um, in the treaty. Am I keen on that? Look, I'd love to get the treaty back to being um, properly understood. I worry about a referendum. I think a government should just do it, to say here's what the treaty was and should be. Anyway, we're going to have a referendum. Now, Willie Jackson. Well, part of me feels sorry for Willie because the most significant thing in his entire life, in his entire career, in his entire being, is that he was born a Maori. Like, that's him. I'm Maori. I'm a Maori. Over and over again. Nothing that he's done, nothing that he's achieved, nothing that he's produced. The entire significance of him is that he is a Maori, and then he's created this thing that somehow he sees the world different, that he's special, and that he's a leader of Marydom, and also that he's a victim. This is extraordinary because the guy's done extremely well as a broadcaster. He was a good broadcaster. He made a lot of money broadcasting. He's been an MP. I don't know. Has he been a minister? I don't think he has. Um, but, I mean, he's not a victim, right? Mm. He's yeah. a guy that's got out there and done things. But he, what he has done has made huge political capital, first of all, by being a Maori, over and over again, I'm a Maori, Maori think this, Maori do this, and also creating a new tribalism, particularly amongst urban Maori. You're Maori, you're special, you're a victim, you're put down. Yeah, but when there's, is, no, when there's no there there, <laughs> okay, no. to start with, um, it's a bit rich to then be saying that there could, you know, there, there'll be war if the no there there is is... I don't know, taken away when there wasn't anything there in the first place. No, but it will be it will be a huge fight because Willie Jackson, along with other so-called Maori leaders, and I use the word so-called Maori leaders because proper leaders lift people up. Yeah. Tyrannical leaders put people down and make them victims and make them dependent upon you. That's how they get their tyrannical power. And that's what Willie Jackson... And these other leaders have done. If you think back to great Maori leaders of our past, like Suapa and Anata, they lifted Maori people up. Yeah. What Willie does is pushes them down by saying you're a victim. Do you think he really believes this, though, Rodney? Because no. Okay. Well. Wow. No, right. he doesn't. He 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 actually uses it's a political tool. It's his whole reason Pretty for living. cynical. Very cynical. Of course, it's cynical. And, and and so what he's done is created a political following, if you like, because he's made Maori youth in particular think there's no point in trying, there's no point in working hard, there's no point in passing exams, because I'm a Maori, I'll be discriminated against. And even though all the no one I ever know has discriminated against me, what Willie's done is create a thing called institutional racism or systemic racism. And this is the idea that the system itself is against you. And so he's he's created the picture that you can't get out and achieve for yourself, and the only salvation is through the likes of a Willie Jackson. And so he has created this following, these so-called Maori leaders, the iwi elite. They have done 
extremely well out of it. They have gained a political power, political pull, position, and resources. And that wealth. is to say money, and money, wealth. money and wealth. And they've done that pretending to speak up for the poor and the downtrodden who they pretend to speak for. That is the recipe of every tyrannical dictator since the year dot. Well, Willie is just another one. Now, can Willie argue his position? No, he can't. Willie can never defend the idea that Maori is special because of their race or because of their ethnicity. He can never even explain how they're victims, right? It's all just as verbal fireworks and abuse. So anyone that criticizes Willie or criticizes the fact that um, what he's saying is bad for Maori, they just get abused because they're white. Even if they're Maori, like David Seymour is, they're not real Maori because you've got to be a real Maori to follow. You've got to follow Willie Jackson to be a real Maori. <laughs> this is the madness of it, right? Yeah. And so when it breaks down, oh, no, he's not a Maori. So he can't argue it. He can't reason it. He can't debate it. Poor Willie, I know him quite well. And funny enough, on a personal level, I enjoy his company. He's great right. fun to be around. Yeah. But he's not an intellectual. He's not a political theorist. He's not a debater. He's just a scrapper. A street fighter. Who street fighter who abuses people who disagree with him. So when this referendum comes up that says, which treaty are we going to follow? The original treaty or this new made-up one starting in the 1980s? Which one is it? Well, he should be open for that debate. Well, it he shouldn't should be the one that's it. made up. How could it ever it be never. the one that's been made up? Well, that's why I don't think a referendum is a good idea, because over yeah. here you have the historical truth, and over here you have made up. Why vote on it? Why not well, that was have a government? Possibly a, a politicking move at the time. But what about yes. you know threatening or what is he threatening or or, or sort of um, suggesting there could be? I mean, go to war. He's suggesting that there could be violence got, generated. No doubt, I've got no doubt that he pretends that he's using political rhetoric, but he's actually he's actually threatening violence. He's firing a shot across the bow. Is what he's doing. Yes. And he's trying to scare Chris Luxon, who's easily scared, not scared for his own physical safety, but scared for how it would look for a government to have yeah. widespread protest. Yeah, but to violence. who? It only looks bad to people like Willie, doesn't it? <laughs> no, the way the media will play it, Luxon won't like it. It'll scare middle voters and they'll say, oh, I don't like all this upset. No, Mr. Luxon's creating all this upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you see, if you don't have an argument, if your only form of getting what you want and winning is to abuse people and to attack them and to call them names, that is to say you're a racist, then if that doesn't work, your next stop is violence. And I'm afraid that's where Willie is at. And I have to say, national leaders have always been scared of that. That's why the Maori seats remain. The Maori seats remain for a very odd reason. Um, first of all, because they were supposed to go with MMP, but both Labour and National realised that the Maori seats were very unpopular. 
and that if you had a referendum between MMP and first-past-the-post and you you took the Maori seats out of MMP, it would be a big plus in favour of MMP. It would tilt the playing field. They wanted to keep first-past-the-post. So both Labour and National disregarded the Royal Commission that said with MMP get rid of the Maori seats, and they kept them. Since then, they've kept them because they don't want the Wally Jacksons and their like to, quote, go to war. But now we've got a big problem because Māori are overrepresented, um, it seems, on the numbers now, and those seats still remain. So, I mean, gee, what do, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Well, you can't. And, and, and at the end of the day, compromise isn't possible because you either believe in one person, one vote, or you don't. Yeah. And the Maori seats are a contradiction of one person, one vote. Co-governance is a contradiction of one person and one vote. And Willie Jackson is going to inch the argument along. First of all, it's to guarantee Maori representation. So we'll have some Maori seats or we'll have a couple of places on the council or we'll have a couple of places on this board. Then it becomes 50-50, but it won't stop at 50-50, right? Okay. It won't stop at 50-50 because there's no logical endpoint. because at the end of the day, the argument that Willie's arg- arguing is that this is all Maori land. Okay, so should someone be having, someone official, someone law enforcing be having a word right now to Willie saying, oi? No, not at all. Tone I mean, it down, can... mate. We could be having a problem here. No. He, he should be allowed to say okay, what he's going to say yep. because that's free speech. I don't believe in Labour. Yeah, but here they are going crazy about what Julian Batchelor has been saying, accusing him of, of of threatening violence when he actually had. I haven't seen anything that said he has. Yet they're going hard on him. Yet they're doing this in your face. Yes. Yes, they're total hypocrites and they contradict themselves. There's no proper argument there. That's the problem with Willie. He couldn't sustain an argument with you for five minutes on this. But but you see, he's always right and you're always wrong. Julian Batch is a racist and Willie Jackson isn't. And the words that they use and they throw around, they're not designed to support an argument, they're designed to end the argument. So they call someone a racist, not as part of an argument, but to end the argument, and mostly it works. They threaten war and a fight and protests not as part of the argument, but to end the argument, to say we're not prepared to debate this. Willie Jackson knows that if he had a proper debate, he wouldn't have an argument because there's no argument that suggests that co-governance that is, is a good idea, is right and proper, that 50-50 power sharing is what the treaty's all about, that inherent in the Treaty of Waitangi, signed in 1840, are these principles. None of that can withstand scrutiny. And so he can't allow it. He's got to accuse everyone that's coming to oppose it as racist. And then he's got to threaten violent political protest because um, everything about Willie is at stake here because he can't live in a society where his marriedness counts for nothing. Can't he look at his bank account and get his jollies that way? No, because like most people do. No, because he always wants more. He's 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 tyrannical and fanatical about this. 
And um, I mean that very genuinely. As much as I have enjoyed his company and his and his mad debate, um, he is an ideologue who has been brought up and brainwashed. What happens though? And it's a fair enough question. If you know, if people are listening and taking that on board, I noticed in the RNZ story related to that which um, they posted on Facebook, there are a lot of comments. And most of the comments were supportive of what he said. Now, I don't know why the state broadcaster would be filtering in preference to potential incitement of violence, but they were. You know, a lot of Pakia people, if you're to believe them, were saying, you know, I'm Pakia, but I'm right with with Willie. So, you know, it's, it's potentially a slippery slope, Rodney, or do you think we're just, well, I'm overthinking it? No, you're not overthinking it. I think we're over that edge. I think it's very tough. And I'm afraid a lot of people have been propagandized and brainwashed to think that what's at stake here is the treaty itself. Yeah. Rather than the second treaty. They think the treaty is all about principles and co-governance. And there's been this wonderful campaign literally going back 50 years where this is what reasonable people think, this is what nice people think, this is what people who aren't racist think. And so to be a nice person, you think, yes, there are these principles. Yes, I do like 50-50 power sharing, without beginning to think it through in terms of what it means for uh, racial harmony. And of course, for 20, 30 years, children have gone through school, high school and university, and that has been taught to them. That, that that the old way of one person, one vote is <laughs> anachronistic yeah. and uh, robs Maori people of their power. And yet right through time, what every minority group have wanted and fought for is simply to have the same rights as everyone else. Well, unfortunately... That's not what Willie want, wants. He wants special rights for himself. And of course, this co-governance isn't about giving power to everyday Maori. No. It's about giving power to the Maori who rule over the Maori, the likes of the Willie Jacksons and the Iwi elite. That's not much where the has power changed is going to reside. From not the old much days. has changed. From the not old days, has... the old ways of doing things there. No, no, because there's only a choice between an open democracy yep. where everyone is equal before the law or a closed tribal society. There's no midway point. I'm thinking, and, though, about, you know, and maybe, again, I'm overthinking things, but, you know, gangs in their thousands with weapons, um, quite um, unashamedly letting them off now, way more than it ever used to happen, intimidating whole towns. I mean, are we on some kind of collision course? This is what I'm worried about. Oh, I think we are. Mm. And I mean... And can the... the cops deal with it? Look at look how they deal dealt with Parliament. Maybe they can be that strong the other way, but... There's a part of me that thinks... Maybe. No, I think all our institutions have become weaponized. Oh, dear. And they're weaponized by this groupthink about um, how things should be. 
And so they've had years and years of being taught that Maori are victims, that the justice system systematically preys upon them, um, so on and so forth. And the idea of everyone having the same rights and of accepting of individual responsibility is gone. And of course, even in the statement of Willie's, he's doing away with individual responsibility. Because what he'll be saying is, if there was violence over this referendum, it wouldn't be the perpetrators of violence that were the cause, it would be David Seymour. Yeah. Because that's what you've done to us and made us do. And of course, it's not too long a bow to stretch to see the same thing happening in the Middle East where violence gets explained away by colonialism and by people being oppressed. And it's no surprise that our Maori provocateurs are fully behind um, the terrorist attacks from Palestine and indeed are egging them on with, you know, chants of from the river to the sea, which Mm. is highly inflammatory, but they're seeing that as the model for Maori movements here, Marima Davidson being the key exemplar. So there is a deep, deep. Yet all these people are doing bloody well. They're earning mega dollars. They're having um, a huge uh, public notoriety in our small country. It's one of the best places in the world to freaking live in. What's their problem? I could not agree more. But of course, so unnecessary. Of course, but this is the way it is, right? Uh, there is a drive. There's a drive within people to wield power over others, and to use appalling tactics in order to get it. You just make people victims. You know, the biggest dictators of the 20th century maintained that their population was being oppressed and that there was an evil class of people who was oppressing them and the would-be tin pot dictator would protect them and attack the the, wipe out the the other lot wipe out the other lot and that's what you're seeing in a nascent form with Willie Jackson and what we're seeing is it ramping up at an astonishing pace Um, I do fear I do fear for um, Western society because I feel as though we have lost the argument in its favour. And too many people enjoy the benefits of living in a free and open society where you can debate and protest. And then they say, oh, my debate and protest is how terrible the system is that allows me to debate and protest. Yeah, don't you see that? This is so crazy. I mean, if if we lived in a truly racist, uh, where there was systematic racism, Willie wouldn't be sitting in Parliament. His colleagues, <clears throat> his leader, I don't, I don't, don't see any comments made at all. Like, hey, we don't support that. Don't be saying that. No one said anything. No one no. said anything. No, well, I watched. They're, they're, they're quick to jump at people like you and me, Rodney, big time. A few years ago, 
we were the still out. Yeah. But oh no, these guys. Eh, nah. Oh, it's just Willie. You know, just Willie. Come on. I saw that around the cabinet table a lot, where you'd have the Mary party suggest something, and every Mary minister of a national ilk would agree with it. Because they thought and, they had to. Yes. And when you said that was a bad idea, you were attacked. Oh, dear. Yeah. And I had a tremendous battle just in local government because every which way the push was for special Maori seats. And every time you spoke up privately about it, you were doing so because you were white and anti-Maori. And the argument that what protects us all is one person, one vote. And that if you do allow that principle to go, <laughs> minorities are the ones that take a hiding. Yeah. But okay. you could never get to that point, Paul, because you were dismissed as a racist. And no one likes to be called a racist. No, in fact, people run a, a mile from any any thought of yes. being called that. Yeah. And you don't even like to go to Julian Batchelor's meetings to hear what he's got to say because he's been labelled a racist. Yeah. And, of course, they've brought a new word in just when you think they couldn't come up with anything worse than calling you racist. They now call you genocidal. And so anyone that speaks up against a favoured narrative now is in favour of genocide. And That's I do think I do think that we've got to peak woke. I hope we have. Over, we're hope. over it. And I, funnily enough, I think David Seymour, with this referendum, and I think what's happening in the Middle East may expose it. As okay. people say, hang on. Um, is this what decolonization looks like? Yeah, but aren't Kiwis, because it's in the end it's the population, isn't it? It seems to me that uh, New Zealanders are so scared of, I don't know, appearing to be impolite or or making yes. a fuss. They are so kowtowed yes. that they will, they will um, as an instinct, work against their own best interests. Yes. That's, that's not good. But there's an interesting thing, isn't there? You can notice in a culture and in a society how people can be provoked to a fight in a pub. And you can be in some pubs and in some cultures where just to look at someone the wrong way immediately provokes a fight. It's all on, yeah. Just looking the wrong way. And then you have the Kiwis and they can be pushed around, and they can be abused, and they'll take it because they don't want to fight. But I've never met a Kiwi yet that doesn't have a point where it's got too far. Right. And you see this over and over again. I mean, I'm using the example of a pub brawl, right, because when I was younger I sort of hung around some wild places where there was often brawls. 
<laughs> I never partook because it always seemed to me silly. Yeah. But I was always interested in how they would start and how they'd take off. And I can always remember seeing Kiwis overseas in rough places. I used to work in construction. There were often fights most nights. Yeah. And the Kiwis would be pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And then that was it. So when they let go, though? That was all on. And yeah, they didn't said, care if yeah. they won or lost. It was their manliness that was being crossed. And I've seen Kiwis go into hopeless fights against terrible odds and take a complete beating. But they were prepared for that because they had been pushed beyond the point of no return for them. And I think that is who Kiwis are, that we're very slow to fight, which is a good thing. We're very slow to anger. We're very slow to stand up for ourselves. But it gets to a point, and we do. By the way, I think we saw that point with the parliamentary protest. Hmm. Because ordinary people were had been pushed around all over for years, and then COVID came along. And for many of us, me included, it was a push too far. Last straw. It was the last straw. And yep. I never thought I'd see the day that I would protest and be standing outside Parliament buildings, albeit just for a day. But I did. And I would have stayed. I would have been proud to stay there the whole time. I would have been proud to have been moved off by the police. Yeah. And I never, ever would have thought that that would be me. But I, the, the, the mandates and the lockdowns, to me, was too far. Yeah. Too on the nose. Well, that was a third of the let's say a third of the population felt they were pushed too far. Yes, and I think when you're looking at this ramming down in Maori words and um, Maori entitlement in terms of councils and decision-making and resource consents and all the rest of it, what's happening in the schools, people are saying, too far. Yeah. Too far. Is it, it, it's too far for Willie to wind it back, I take it. We probably won't do that. But even if he came out, well, he can't come out and say, hey, hey, I was just getting a bit excited to back up the truck because that makes him look like a certain... Well, type. I've seen Willie do multiple backflips. Okay. So um, when right. Helen Clark was Prime Minister, sometimes she'd shut him down and he'd come in like a little... Well, even she puppy. hasn't said anything. No. But Willie, Willie is a bully. And like all bullies, <laughs> they don't like being bullied back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he, I mean, that is the way to think of this, isn't it? It's bullying. Yeah. They're bullies. And Jacinda Ardern was a bully. Um, this guy is a bully. And again, think of kids in the schoolyard. There's a bully there, and he might take the little poor Brennan along and start pushing him around. And Paul Brenning, day after day, might take it as a little kid, right? But he'll get to a point where he won't. That has happened in the school years. But on the other side, I've also done a bit of bullying myself. So none of us mm. are. No, none of no. us None of us can. Back in well, the day when I was a kid. You know, yeah, none of us are pure. But you get no. my point about yeah, how, how it happens with bullies, that we have yep. taken it and taken it. And I have a funny feeling that, there is a point that you get to and you're looking at Willie 
and you say, Willie, it's enough. Yeah, nothing more to lose. I've got to deal with it. Got to deal with it. And um, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to turn up and stand up for myself and stand up for my country and stand up for what we believe in. And these are fundamental values because we're talking here about the freedom to move, the freedom to vote, the freedom to speak, the freedom to have a democratic say. All of that is being overwhelmed by Willie, who says democracy doesn't work for Maori. Well, what he really means is it doesn't work for him. Even though it's produced wealth from power, status? Not enough. So on and no, it's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> and that's a, the other thing about a bully, right? I remember when I was a kid, we were in the, you know, the thruppence and the pennies. Yeah. And Boy. a kid wanted a thruppence from you or he'd beat you up. But it never stopped at a thruppence. No, it always uh, extended, yeah. Yeah, and you think, isn't this reference enough, mate? Nope. And that's Wooly. He's a schoolyard bully. And uh, I like like David Seymour's chances of standing up to him, and I like Winston Peters' chances for standing up to him. And if those two stand up to him, Chris Luxon has no choice but to climb on board. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Luxon has no choice. But to agree, wherever Chris Luxon, uh, sorry, wherever David Seymour and Winston Peters can seek agreement. And on this, you've got two Maori MPs. Yeah, who's he to go against that? Exactly. And they can speak out and they can actually provide the backbone that Chris Luxon, I'm not saying Chris Luxon personally is weak, but the National Party has to straddle the middle ground. Yeah. David Seymour and Winston Peters don't, and you know they can sort of cause cause this tussle and this debate, and I think it's overdue. I think if we'd had this debate ten years ago, we could have saved a lot of hardship. Yeah, because we could have settled it then, and no one would have been saying there could be war. No, no. Um, The foreshore and seabed was pretty traumatic, right? but it's far worse now. Okay, Ronnie, let's leave it on that that note, on the it's far worse now note. Um, But thanks Oh, and you know, just to say that, not to be negative, because it's always darkest before the dawn, and I think we've gone over so far that we're ready to pull it back. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that we're actually talking about it like this, yeah, and that'll get out. Thanks for coming on, Rodney, and sharing your wise view based on years of experience regarding that appreciate it years of years of being wrong um which is what we call wisdom right yeah well that's uh, that's where you get your wisdom from being being wrong so often and and having obviously seen a few brawls (laughs) in your time that's always going to inform you all right thanks for coming on rodney we'll talk soon rcr with paul brennan reality check radio